Hello, welcome to the Nonprofit Network. My name is Shelby Stokes. Kelly Schenfeld and Denise Bradley. That's right. You are a special guest today. Congratulations. You've made Thank it. You. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Good stuff. We appreciate you being here today. We mm -hmm. said we were going to switch it up in 24, and so we're trying to have as many different guests as we can. And this precious little being decided to be on here today and kind of give us the idea of what guest experience. You know, you've, you've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. you, you've seen the back of the house. You, your dad's an auctioneer. You've seen a lot. So knowing everything that you know, what is the best thing to tell somebody putting an auction together um, you as a guest would appreciate to have happen at an auction? It's a very good question. I would say variety. I would say it's really important to make sure we don't have a lot of the same items um, year after year, try to change it up. I know that my husband and I, we've been to the Seattle Animal Shelter, I think we're six or seven years in a row. Oh, and it's wow. always kind of nice when you see each year there's a different package, different um, artistic pieces. Obviously, good hors d'oeuvres and booze is a huge, I mean, you want to have a nice drink before you go spend lots of money. Um, but I say at the top would definitely be the, the item package variety and make sure that you're reaching out and just trying to be unique and different. You don't want, if you're saying, you know, you're a community, so the same people are going to these auctions every year. So you just want to make sure you're giving them something different. In terms of like variety, how much lead time do you guys normally need as guests to like bid on items? Do you kind of just show up and be like, oh, this would be cool to have? Like, is it a that night of decision? Or do you, is there some thought that goes in prior to? So um, in my house, we have one personality that does his research. <laughs> nice. I, yes, yes. And then me, yeah. who is a... If I like it, I want it. Is that right? Like, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, my yeah. husband definitely does the research. I go in and, um, or if I see someone competing with me, it just makes me want the item even more. So it's okay, always nice so to go with friends. Is that on mobile bidding? Do you? What is your take then as a guest on mobile bidding as opposed to paper bidding, you know, where they write down their number and all that? Do you feel the same competition with paper in a silent as you do mobile bidding? Um, mobile build, mobile bidding, you can actually be a little sneakier. So you can see someone bidding on the paper. You can go on and you can, you know, again, in my household, my husband does the mobile. I do the paper. Mm. So he likes the mobile. Um, I, maybe it's just tradition or the tactical feel of it. I like going to the item and writing my bidder number down. Mm. But it's kind of fun to have both because if you see someone keeps going to this item, they don't know who's getting on there and bidding them up. Yeah. Uh, so like how often, so you went to the same event for many, many years and you probably built a community around that event in terms of like attrition and that same core group going over the year, like how much of that core group do you need to maintain that sense of community as the event grows and changes? Oh, shucks. I think we would have between three and four tables. Nice. So we would have probably from anywhere from 15 to 20 people year after year, the same guests. And then. It grew a little bit, but the core, I would say we had the same 10. And then from there, like we would add, you know, people would come as other guests. But we had 10 people and it was just kind of fun, you know, saw each other once a year. Mm -hmm. and Talk a little bit about the relationship with the nonprofit and your guys' group outside of the event. Like, were they reaching out quarterly to give you updates on what was going on with the center? Um, were you going to the center at all? Like, how did that relationship flourish or how was it maintained over the years? To be honest, I probably am not the best for that one just because our relationship with Kara, who was, you know, in charge of the foundation, we were, mm -hmm. were such good friends that like, yeah, we would go to the foundation. Mm -hmm. 
we saw them once or twice a month. She'd tell us, you know, what they were using the money for. So we kind of had a little more of the intimate look. But I think that's a great idea is like if, you know, for your high bidders and all that stuff to give them like, hey, this month we built the cats a new shelter or we got a new vet this time. So what about inviting that group of people to a monthly or a quarterly Zoom? That's something Shelby's going to try and start doing with us is that, you know, do it with our members so that they can kind of get in and get a little bit of what's going on and what's new out there and the do's and the don'ts yeah. as well as the successes and the failures. What if you were to uh, have that? Would that be something that would be too time intensive, I, do you think, for an organization? I think it's with anything you're just going to, you need to try it and get the traction yeah. and just kind of, you know, do it a couple times, get Get the feeler out. Like, yeah, she's I so mean, smart, Shelby. I mean, I was going to poo-poo you a little bit because what you're describing is essentially like a board meeting, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think you want like a 400-person board board meeting in terms of like building community on an event. I think it just gets too chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a like a middle ground where you could do like a core meetup with mm -hmm. like your VIPs and maybe do it quarterly or yeah. semi-annually. Yeah. And then for the other group, maybe the ones that aren't donating it as much or you're not lower-end donors, but you're not your higher-end donors, you would almost like want to run a marketing campaign is what yeah. I would say. Like, hey, here's a monthly newsletter on what's happening in-house. What you're describing comes out of a need that we have as a company where we really need to focus on connecting with our membership and getting that back and forth. So I think that fits for this application. I don't know how it would work in a big ballroom. What if they were to send, because, you know, not to, the virtual was a survival Learning mode, experience. Right. But yeah. what if they were to send to the higher donors a box you know, and they actually spend some time in this box and in that box is, you know, a mocktail or whatever. Yeah, and then it. and then they say, hey, meet us at five o'clock or whatever time it is, this date for a quick get together, a roundup almost. Because something I think, and you could tell me if you disagree with this, that is, that gets lost is they kind of start counting on those $10,000, $5,000 people. Mm -hmm. And yet they just know they're gonna give. Well, if that ten thousand or that five thousand dollar person is sitting there going, well, they're kind of taking advantage. I mean, that's what it may feel like. Not that that's what it is, but what if we had that one group? I want to say it was, um, oh, was it Cascade? Anyway, they sent boxes to these everybody's house for these virtual parties. So they had these like twenty people oh, at I a remember. party. Was a, yeah, I you were working the yeah. back of that. So put a box together or have pizzas delivered to their house or something and say, get this group together or, or just meet up at this time. That might be a kind of a new twist on cultivating your audience. And, and you know, if they wanted to bring somebody with them that was considering giving that amount of money, that maybe that's an idea. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a couple of organizations that we work with that actually do underwriting parties. In fact, quite a few do this. Um, sometimes they partner with some of our individuals to come in and give like a presentation of mm -hmm. the actual goals of the of the charity. Um, so, I mean, there's some white space there that you can kind of work within. But I really think it goes back to that board of directors mm -hmm. type gathering. Like yeah. you really want to get that leadership in a room and then talk about the needs and what you're trying to accomplish. Because gotcha. it's essentially going to become a, the evolution of that is going to be an underwriting party. Mm -hmm. Hey, we need 20 grand to build the cat castle yeah. or whatever it is in, in the uh, animal space. So I think that's really how you cultivate it. 
Um, what I will say to your point in terms of just expecting or knowing that that $10,000 donation is going to come in, I think that's one of the criticisms of the live event fundraising space. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we're seeing some push into the grant writing because they know it's going to come year over year once you get that contract. Um, but what you do when you go to a nonprofit fundraising event specifically is we see a lot more traction like the grassroots of grassroots events. Like you're trying to create community. You're there for your friend. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that's something you really got to consider when doing. And you're a huge event. dog lover. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's always important to, um, like you said, about not putting all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Make sure you really what if that ten thousand dollar donor has a life changing event. Right. Can no longer donate, you know, like get out there and, you know, make sure that you got. You know, you lose a ten thousand dollar donor, but maybe you get ten one thousand dollar donors. You know, it's just yeah. reach out to the community and make because sure because ten times one is ten. We got it. She's Simple smart. math. We're here. We're yeah. here. We're doing it. As an auctioneer, okay. what do you love about returning guests and recognizing them, mm, and maybe you know the notes that come in that you because we try as a company to have our guys and gals put notes in there for themselves more than anything so they can look at that report next year. I mean, as you work with people, you kind of get to know them. So, I mean, that relationship is always nice to play off of. And especially because once you get to know somebody, you know, like I would call it like a bitter profile, right. you know, how they're going to bid, you know, if they're going to be loud, if they're going to be subtle. And once you gain that respect, you can kind of like take that to different areas. I think that one of the more challenging things that I, I, uh, I experience with, donors that have been around for a long time is keeping it new and fresh. Yeah. Just like you said, yep. you know what I mean? Okay. Tom's going to buy the dinner with the right. president again, yep. you know, and I'm same looking at restaurant. my notes. Yeah. Same restaurant. Last year they bought it for eight grand. Maybe this year they'll buy it for seven or nine, you know, mm -hmm. like, so th that's always difficult for me is to like, keep that new and fresh. And then also you get a little bit of fatigue in the items. Whereas, Oh, well, Tom's going to spend too much money on it. So I'm going to quit at four grand. And all of a sudden you don't have that natural push yeah. to get that individual to the higher levels. So that's, that'd be my take on experience bidders. Okay. And uh, then as a guest, it's always kind of fun too, though, to have the same auctioneer, you know, like you yes. the banter back and forth and even with like the ringman. So like, you know, I think a lot of it basically just goes back to community and keeping the relationship going strong and, yeah. you know, always, and, you know, maybe us, it'd be kind of interesting, like, if you were to send out a survey to your guests to see what kind of feedback you'd get, like, item-wise, what would you like to see different? Or, and I know it's hard to, like, procure the items, you know, and it's it's a lot of work, but. Yeah. So, you have a lot of experience, right? I mean, you helped us with the virtual events. You've been to events, not only one that, not only one that you had mentioned. Is there any, like, big no-no that comes to mind, like, never do X? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot. As a guest or as a worker? As a, well, <laughs> yes. 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 I mean, the answer is yes, right? Have you ever been to in a situation where you're like, wow, never having that happen? Never doing that again. As a guest, I don't, I don't think I've really ever had that happen. And I think it's because, like, I know how it all gets put together. Yeah. So even if it was like, oh, I don't agree with that, I was like, well, they still busted their butts to do that. So, like, the effort was there. So I think that's where I would never be like, no. Um, I did go to one where they did try to cram too much into one space, like live item wise. Um, it was down like a really skinny hallway. So you were kind of like shuffling through, I would say just making it, you know, open and airy, but as far as like comfortable, comfortable yeah. yeah right. But 
I don't think I've ever been to one where I've been like, ooh, that was... That was... A, I mean, I will say I've seen... I've worked the, some, but I've been like, eee. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say catering is a big one for a lot of guests. Yeah. Like, if your food's not on time and people have been looking forward to a big meal, oh, people get real angry when you get yeah. involved with their food. How do you feel about buffets? I'm not a buffet uh, fan only because I don't know what your home life is like. So... <laughs> I'm serious, like, and I'm not like a big, like, <laughs> yeah, oh. and I'm not a big, you know. Sorry. Yep, it's chocolate, honey. It's chocolate, yeah. honey. <laughs> that's just me personally, but I'm I'm sure buffets work great for like especially larger crowds. That being said, that's just a personal preference. Like, they're know. cheaper. And this they is are. Non-profit. But what about yeah, yeah, and or go with the super huge charcuterie. Just love that word charcuterie. You See, know that. the problem with charcuterie, charcuterie is though, they're like you're inviting them. hors on a plate, and they walk around, and you just take them. That's my favorite. And they also pressure you into eating them, which is even they more fun. You're do. like, yeah. okay, one more. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I like that. So get some more d'oeuvres. It'll be yeah. good. Yeah. I have one more thing. Uh, okay. One more question to ask both of you, real quick. Um, and uh, please be very honest with oh, your answer. Boy. Okay. Too honest. Jason Kelsey rocking the no shirt at the game with the beer when his brother scored a touchdown. That was a retired. Is that a question? (laughs) How do you feel about it? You didn't see it. I was at basketball practice. Just pretend you saw. I mean, the guy's retired. Basketball practice. Okay, (laughs) just let me tell you. Jason Kelsey's retired. He's a great dude. He's a super awesome. Please just focus on me for a moment. He's a super awesome girl dad, from what I understand. This is okay. all just what I'm hearing. But he's retired, so he doesn't have to worry about anything that he does. He's just a dude watching his brother, right? And his brother scores a touchdown. And he comes out the suite, no shirt on, holding a beer, <laughs> chugs the beer, and goes, yeah! Just oh like that. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. <coughs> I, I have very, I'm close with my siblings, so I could see that. Being yeah, you fun. would take your shirt off and chug a beer if Heather scored a touchdown. If Heather scored a touchdown on a football game, absolutely. <laughs> we try that. I know what we're doing for Thanksgiving next year. I know yeah, what we're doing yeah, for we're Thanksgiving. Doing some football. <laughs> well, cool. With that, uh, thank you for joining us today. We will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Guest Experiences with Denise Bradley. Bye. Denise Bradley. Keep your vision clear and your heart right. And uh, go do good, guys. Appreciate you. Bye-bye.